Hi everyone, welcome back to Walk With Bex. Welcome back into the studio. I'm here with another very special guest. Welcome, Josh. Thank you so much for having me, I appreciate it. <laughs> welcome back to Dubai as well. Thank you. This isn't the first time we've met in Dubai and from what I can gather, you are here pretty permanently now? That's it, the business move is here. Uh, the contract is signed on my apartment for the next six months, so at least the next six months is the future. And very exciting, very, very exciting to have you here. So as I would do with all of my guests, if somebody's watching this right now or listening on the audio version and they don't know who you are, how would you introduce yourself? Wow, how do I start? I normally do an intro for people, but I was like, do you know what? I'm going to let you introduce yourself okay. because you do a number of things and you're, you're an extremely successful coach, athlete, entrepreneur, business owner. So give it to us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, so who am I? I don't know. Many, many things. I think for one, uh, and what I'm probably most proud of, I'm a professional bodybuilder. That's kind of what started this journey to be the best in the damn world. I'm going to say it like that is kind of what I set out on this, this journey to do. And then obviously along that came the social media side. So I do a little bit of social media. Um, a little bit of social media. You're pretty there, freaking successful there, on social media. Let's be real. Uh, so I do the YouTube thing. We do Instagram, all the videos. Um, very kind of educational based. Uh, and and probably one of the most consistent, I would say. I appreciate that. I kind of, I knew that that was a, one of the secrets. So I tried to emphasize the consistency part. And uh, from that born, uh, I knew what before I should say born before that I kind of knew bodybuilding it's a little bit hard to monetize sometimes if you're just doing the bodybuilding side so I kind of knew that a brand had to come somewhere and th and they're born 1MR which is uh, my baby that is my kind of entrepreneurship that is my e-commerce business we sell all things uh, I would say bodybuilding accessory, not fitness, bodybuilding accessory uh, and the odd clothing as well. So do that as well. And of course, the coaching side comes with it as well. So that is... It's managing me. an awful lot. And being a professional bodybuilder and having lots of things to juggle, that's not easy. So the move to Dubai is to make things easier, obviously, for the business and to give you more time to be able to work on all of these things. Or is it the Dubai lifestyle that appeals to you? You know what, I'd be lying to say if it wasn't a little bit of the Dubai lifestyle. You know, it's a, it's a better environment, not only actually for bodybuilding, it's a better environment. There is people who are doing what I'm doing at a higher level, you know, and I think and say, if you're around those people, they're only gonna drag you upward, right? Mm -hmm. If you're around the opposite, they might drag you downward. So that was a big part of it, um, being able to put more money back into my businesses and grow them, right? I'm not paying as much tax here. Yeah. Okay, no tax here, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, and the convenience of this place makes everything easier. Do I need to worry less about my food? Yeah. Do I need to worry less about the gym? Yeah. Do I need to worry less about the little nits and bits that kind of come between the bodybuilding and the, and the business? everything facilitated here easier mm. so it makes it super conducive and it's something that my husband and i have learned from being here is that the more you're here the more you're around those successful people in bodybuilding in business the more you aspire to do even better and it like you said you're in the circle of people that are all going after it that's something i will say about dubai you know from anybody looking in who doesn't know what it's like to live here and all they see is you know all the shiny stuff and like the beach clubs and all the rest of it it's full of hard-working people yeah. people are working really freaking hard here sure. um and i'm really excited to see that you've made that move and i think it's only going to take you further and what i want to talk about is i want to go right back to the beginning because we had a conversation off air about some of the people that inspired you on your journey, not only in bodybuilding, but also with YouTube, you building your brand, your business. 
So where did it all start? Take us right back to the early yeah. Josh days, the Natty Josh days. Yeah, the OGs <laughs> will remember the Natty Josh days because I was uh, proud mm-hmm. and stood tall and was never going down the assisted route. So almost almost to the day, Beverly, 10 years ago, no 20 way. years old, I really kind of started this. Um, the people who I looked up to, the OG fitness scene, Christian Guzman, Matt Ogus, Legends of Aesthetics, those guys, I just wanted what they had. I just, I didn't want to, you know, be a professional bodybuilder then. I didn't want to uh, build any type of business or anything then. I just wanted what they had was to make videos and have a living off it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of guys inspired me to pick up the camera, which is kind of where it all started. I had a old school, must have been a GoPro hero six maybe what are they on now 12 so it must be like a six or something or a five and i'd make these little videos in my university dorms uh, i'd introduce all my friends i used to do little 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 workout tips here and there when i probably didn't know what i should was even doing uh and a bit I'm, like christian did back in the a day bit like christian did yeah. back in the day and i'm so glad i did because looking back at those to see how far i've come is, is amazing if you anyone wants to go on my youtube channel go on there click go to oldest video first and just click on some of those first ones you can see the quality it was like 420 hp or whatever it was and uh yeah it was it was a a good time so that's kind of where it all started with those people like social literally i Mm. actually did this to be a social media influencer initially and um through that i found my passion of bodybuilding and where did the shift occur where did it change for you where you were like i'm doing this for youtube i'm getting lots of interaction people are following me liking my videos where did it change to, actually, I really like doing this shit? Um, I can remember, actually, it was Mr. University. No. That was uh, the competition I entered. You didn't? Yeah. Did you actually? Yeah, I oh did. So I, I would go into the gym, would always be filming, and uh, there was this big round table as you walked in, and I kind of walked past it one day, and I saw this this figurine of someone just posing, and uh, it said, it was all in gold, Mr. University. I thought, well, I know what Mr. Universe is. So what's Mr. University, you know? And it was in five weeks' time. So I thought, wow, that looks cool. What have you got to do? Okay, you've got to submit some pictures uh, and you've got to get lean like a bodybuilding competition. So I started Googling what uh, Rob Riches, I don't know if anyone remembers him. He was one of the OGs of yes. the industry. I followed his, his diet identically, even though he is so much more muscle mass than me. He was like 10 years older than me. I followed it identically, did his cardio regime, did his whole peak week. I did a four and a half week cut because it took me three days to decide. Uh, But one of my friends, one of my good, good friends, he just kind of elbowed me into it and he was like, come on, let's do this, you know? So I had to try to explain to my parents that I was about to get into a pair of pants (laughs) and uh, get a tan, get a glaze. And then stand up on stage for people to go, yeah, 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 no, no. And uh, I loved that process. Like, it was hard. Yeah, it wasn't as hard as what I've done now, but at the time... You learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned how to to push myself a little bit more. And I don't know whether I'd done that before. Mm. I don't know whether I'd been pushed against a wall and thought, can I do this? And then, like, broken through that wall and carried on. Not that the wall was very high or very thick, but it was my first wall. It's relative to where you were at. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So... I did that and I remember being backstage and pumping up and just talking to these people and seeing their faces light up like mine did. And I went, oh shit, I'm not the only one. That's really excited by this. And that was it, that was it. Like I was, I was hooked then. Before I'd walked out on stage, mm-hmm. I was hooked by the, uh, the camaraderie that, that kind of came with it. Something that I'd lost from my rugby days and my football days back mm. in the day where I kind of got a little bit injured and kind of came away from from competitive sport. 
and it just that like that's what I needed and that's what I kind of found and yeah getting up on that stage I got second of the overall Craig Ritchie beat me Craig Ritchie's actually uh he's a big YouTuber now as well he does a CrossFit okay. now um what university was this uh, I was at Loughborough University yeah. but it was Mr. University for the so country it's for, like for basically everyone. students yeah all the all the no, all the yeah. I've never even heard of this all students <laughs> Uh, the name changed because they got copyrighted, obviously. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it was all the students that could apply across the whole country. No um, way. And yeah, did that, came second, did it again next year, won it. And then... Of course you did. The competitiveness course, kicked in. You were like, I've got to go back I and win this. Get second, come on. Um, yeah, and just fell in love with that process. That time, did a longer cut, learned how to pose properly, learned that actually copying someone's diet is not always going to work for you. Um, so I did my own thing that time. And over that period of time, documented the whole thing. And on YouTube, obviously. On YouTube, yeah. actually, just solely YouTube. It was before Instagram was yeah. even was even there. So how old were you then? Uh, that was 20. 20 wow. So I still, I still kind of got into this. I guess relatively now old. Mm. Right, twenty was pretty old. Um, but I fell in love with with bodybuilding at twenty years old. Yeah. I love that you say that. That's old. Like, guess I when I started start, bodybuilding. Right, yeah. Guess when I started bodybuilding. I don't know. <laughs> Do you old? know how old I am now? No, I don't. Okay. I'm I, not, started I'm when I, was, I started when I was 27, 28. Well, and I've been doing it 10 years. There's a lot to achieve. <laughs> yeah. So. You know what? When I say old, I think, I think C-Bum, who's 30, he's got five Olympias. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Bondia had exactly. four at 26. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh shit, I'm 30 now. I'm not even at the Olympia yet. That's yeah. kind of why I say old. No, I understand. <laughs> Relative to the end goal. Exactly. <laughs> so once you'd finished those competitions, did you see university through? Did you finish your degree? Yeah, finished university. What did you uh, study? Sorry. Uh, I did criminology and social policy. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, You're very, very smart. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I scraped through. No, I, I did that. Um... I wanted to go into the police. If you had a degree, you mm -hmm. got fast track promotion. You know, I got told you can retire at 50 and have a good pension. It's kind of my my uh, my dream. Obviously, finding steroids and finding weed, that kind of thing <laughs> went out the window real quick. I was like, I don't need no police. Um, then I did a master's as well. Uh, but I did the master's like out of fear because okay. I was just petrified to get a real job to be on my own, to be away from my friends, to be away from just the comfort blanket of university, of, you know, being given money to stay in the same place, mm -hmm. and, you know, have a laugh every single day, pretty much. Um, so I did my master's out of fear in international business. Um, Which probably stood you in good stead, let's be real. Oh, I don't remember any of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I, 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 I did it for the wrong reasons, and I... Uh, didn't really like show up. I was always good at exams, mm. which just let me do what I needed to do. Like I didn't, I didn't really.
got no, I've got all the time in the world. I can eat, sleep, drink, and breathe bodybuilding now. So you can align your schedule to how you need it to be exactly, exactly. for work and for bodybuilding. Yeah, so that made a big, big difference. By that time, UK BFF was still the uh, the pro card route. Mm -hmm. So I'd been competing with them as a junior from like 22, 23. I think 23 it runs out, and I was like second in Britain then at that time for UK BFF, and I thought that's the route I'm going to go. Right, I need. To really, really grow now. I'm a man. I'm going in against the men. You know, I can be 24, but against 35 year olds. So mm -hmm. I took a little bit of a year out when I was um, when I left from Lululemon to really try and grow because that's at the time that was the thing. Take a year out to really make improvements. Still is the thing, by the way. Um, came back, did the uh, the men's side of things. Got fifth when I was 24 in the UK British finals. And I knew at this point that the people I was competing against were uh, assisted. They were using anabolic steroids. So, like, of course, the uh, the little demon on the shoulder kept kind of like, you know, you should do it, you should do it, it's time. But I definitely like, fought against it for a while. I was very mm. proud and I believed and said to myself at the time, I'm going to do it naturally. I'm going to be a pro naturally and then I'll worry about it. And uh, the genetic card wasn't there, if I'm yeah. honest. I just didn't have the genetics to do that. There are some people that can, for sure, for sure. Very, very few of them, but for sure they can do it. And I was uh, halfway through another year out so bearing in mind, this is two years off from stage to stage. I thought I'll take another two years off stage to stage. Wow. Now that's four years, pretty much like in a surplus naturally. Okay, well, actually the gains I've got from year one to year four, if I do that again over another four years, that's eight years. I'm 29 years old and it's not enough. It's not enough and I'm going to be 30. And then, it's, then, you know, I started to rationally depict my goal. And uh, after a, a good long period of time, talking to my parents, talking to my partner, I made that decision to to go down the assisted route. And that was 25 years old. So it's only been five years so far. Mm -hmm. uh, that was 25 years old. And that was, at that point, every single thing in my life was geared towards being the best bodybuilder possible. So, And you would have done it in the most sensible way, I'm sure, in terms of yeah. getting all your blood work done, having a look at all of yeah. that, doing it with a, a coach. Who were you coached by at the time? So that was Cal. Oh. So I was very, very lucky that because I had obsessed over bodybuilding for so many years and also been part of the coaching come up, mm. uh, I knew who the best coaches were. I'd done months and months and months and months, close to a year of research on anabolics, how to start, what to start off with. At that point, JP's uh, mm. uh, website was absolutely booming, still is booming now. And even he at that time had moved away from the the standard five, 600 milligrams of testosterone mm -hmm. to 250, 300. Yeah. So at that point, everything in my space was telling me to start uh, quote unquote correctly. Yeah. Um, and I got Cal on board. We did the blood work. He administered my first dose. I did that for like six or seven months straight. Didn't change anything. And the and thing then, is, because you had everything else in place, training was there, yeah. food was there, yeah. routine, consistency, sleep, recovery, <coughs> you know, you wouldn't have needed to go too much, let's say. You know, the smallest amount is exactly what it says on the tin. It's assisting you with what you've already got in place. It's just like supplementation. People say, should I be taking supplements? I'm like, is there to supplement already a good diet, a good training protocol? Yeah. And so with you, you probably blew up pretty quickly using very little, which I think you did. Yeah, I mean, I think back, I, I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I think, but that's your perception. Yeah, that's my, I remember, that's my perception. I remember watching this and thinking, flipping heck, you yeah. look massive. Yeah. It was like he's the Viking. Yeah. You had this, like, yeah, had we were calling you the Viking for ages. Big yeah. old beard, had the long hair. You did. And uh, I lent into it quite nicely. Um, <laughs> it suited you. But yeah, I did that the right way. Um, fortunately, like Cal 
was and is now, but was like the forefront of that side. Mm -hmm. And um, and I also kept true to my little 20 year old self and documented every single thing. And I think that was really unique in the industry. Mm -hmm. I didn't, there was a taboo about it. The only people talking about it were already mutants. Like JP is a pretty intimidating guy to mm -hmm. someone who has never taken steroids. Um, and I was the, I was the bridge. Um, no pun intended, but I was the the guy who bridged the gap, um, who told, not told you how to do it, but told you how I did it, the things that I did. And I was very, very lucky to be doing it right. And I was a pretty good example of how to do mm. it. And I was honest, I was transparent. Uh, of course, no one fucking believed me at the start, how much I was taking. Everyone's like, no, you're lying, blah, blah, blah. Of course, it's going to come with anything that you ever do. Mm. Um, and I think that was like the... Uh, that was like the extra bit of gasoline on my fire. Um, and I think making that transition so openly and honestly, mm -hmm. people I think really valued that. 100%. Yeah. And that everything grew from then, I think, as well. And then chasing after the pro card. Let's talk about that. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, quite a journey. Yeah, it was quite a journey. I think especially that first year when I didn't get it. And I was that guy who was probably under the illusion, I'm going to take the stuff and I'm going to... It'd be easy, I'll do it. No, 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 no. Like you still have to dedicate everything and you still have to sacrifice relationships, friendships. You have to learn things that you didn't know you had to learn about yourself emotionally, how to handle yourself in those moments when you've got all these different hormones running through your body, all this stress running through your body of a prep, all the pressure that I had of social media was, I don't know whether a lot of people go through that same amount of pressure. At the time, every single comment, every single message to me was, all right, you're going pro, bro. That's yeah. it, you're done, you're easy. And I didn't do it. So to, to kind of fail that while I kind of like felt all this external pressure, uh, I don't think it was a case of external pressure got to me. I just wasn't like good enough at the time, but it was really, really hard to deal with that first year. And- What the, year was that? That was 2018. The following year I did the exact same thing. Yeah. I don't know if you remember my first kind of road to pro and I documented the whole thing yeah. on YouTube and I probably put too much pressure on myself. Yeah. And equally I had the same feedback that it was like every single show is like, you've got this, you've got this. And yeah. it was second, yeah, second, exactly, second, exactly. second. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wasn't even second. I was getting obliterated like, and rightly so. Like I just wasn't at the level. The only thing that the pressure did was it leaked out into my personal life. And that okay. was what I didn't know how to deal with. Talk didn't, to us about that. I didn't know how to be. I didn't know how to control the emotions. I didn't know how to control the pressure. I didn't know how to rationally think through issues. Like in, when you're in those heightened states of super, super hungry and you're playing with drugs that mess with your hormones, mess with your temper, mess with your 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 reaction time, whether that be positive or negative. I just, I just, it was so new to me and I didn't really understand how to communicate that to anyone else. Yeah. And that really, it really affected things. Like it really affected things uh, with my partner, my current partner. You know, we're still together, so it didn't ruin everything. Um, but it was very, very difficult to let her understand what I was going through because I didn't really know it myself. Mm. And you kind of got all these mix of emotions of one moment feeling on top of the world because everyone's everyone's giving it to you. You're fucking amazing, Josh, you're gonna do this. And you're thinking, yeah, I'm gonna fucking do it. And then the next day waking up and looking at yourself and thinking, I'm not, I'm gonna let all these people down. I'm gonna let myself down. I'm gonna let her down. I'm gonna let my mum down who thinks, you know, who is blessed just as naive as these people. She's not a 
high FPV pro judge and she's like, oh my God, my son's going to do it. This risk is all worth it. And then you, 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 when you don't achieve that and you feel like you've let those people down, the turmoil afterwards and coming off that post-show mm-hmm. high and obviously coming off steroids as well, it was another unknown. I just did not know how to, didn't know how to be. I didn't know how to control myself, my emotions or anything. So those are some big lessons. Those big lessons those, year, those years. Um, but, you know, collecting myself. Cal was very, very good at that time. He, he supported me a lot uh, and and my relationship a lot. He, he actually, you know, helped me understand what I was going through, how this is, how it happens sometimes. And, you know, you, you, the, the noise is just that. You know, it is just noise. Yeah. And that second year when I, when I eventually did it, and I, I, yes, it was it was twice as many people saying it. It was sixty thousand people saying it mm-hmm. instead of thirty. Uh, but then it felt like noise, you know. No disrespect, and I said this to everyone: like, no disrespect to you guys. I love you all. You're putting me where I am. You're putting food on my plate. You're making me who I am. But it doesn't matter what you say. You yeah. know what matters is what I think. What matters is what Cal thinks, what and, think. and what happens on that stage. And what those judges think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was. Do you think you had to go through that first year to make the second year not necessarily better, but where it needed to be? I'm very, Mentally and physically. I'm like, very glad it did happen that way. Because that moment, it is still the the moment that I'm chasing now. You know, I actually feel like I want to cry right now. Because that is like, that is, that is, that is the moment that I'd waited for for so long. What felt like forever worked so hard, put so many things on hold, sacrificed everything to get there. And uh, it wouldn't have been as sweet if I, had, if, I had, if I had hadn't gone through that way the, the year before and had to go through those hard learning curves. And, and, and I was very happy with the way that I conducted myself the whole way. It felt like this is the moment everything felt right. And even though I didn't win on that first show and I came second and I knew I knew it was coming. It was, I knew it was coming. Yeah. I knew that I was good enough. I knew that I was on another level this year. And I knew that these people that I'd been competing against the previous year, they wouldn't have even stood a chance if it was again, you know? It's a new level of confidence and it's not arrogance. I think some people confuse that with arrogance. And I'm not saying that about you at all, but I think when, like you said, you've gone through those hard moments, you've pushed through a prep and you haven't got it and you know your physique needs work, you know perhaps the prep could have run smoother, perhaps you didn't conduct yourself as well. All of these different things, like you said, go through your head and then the next time you enter a prep, it's different. It's like you almost rise to a new level and you almost ascend away from all of the noise. That's the only way I could describe it. When I was on that prep for, when I got my pro card, I didn't think about it. Yes, I documented it on YouTube, but I wasn't ever saying road to pro. I was like, I just want to do this and I just want to be my best and let's just see. In the back of my mind, yeah, I know that's what I want, but I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm just going to focus on the daily things and I'm just going to stay present in the prep. I think that's how I kind of described it. Would you say that it was similar? Exactly. Exactly. I love the whole process. Every bit of sweat, every bit of cardio. 85 minutes in the morning at 4am. Yeah, I'm there for it. I was just so hungry for it and in it. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, the more was better. The more, the harder it was, the better it felt. The, the, I just, I just knew, I knew that I was at a level and Cal did as well. You know, would send those photos back and forth and be like, no one's touching this. No one's touching this. Like this is, this is, good enough to be a pro like, i knew it was another level when you when you get there but i knew this is it and yeah alicante amateur olympia to do that um, such a big show such a big, such show. big show and i won 
the whole thing. I won, mm -hmm. won the overall. I remember. I watched the whole YouTube. I watched it everything. Just, it was just every single thing that I could imagine. And I'd bearing in mind, I had hyped this up in my brain, this moment, thought about this moment thousands of times, thousands and thousands and thousands of times. What's it going to feel like? What's it going to smell like? How am I going to feel? Am I going to be tired? What am I going to eat? I had thought about every single scenario a thousand times and it was better than every single one I imagined. Better than every single one. And that, that moment, moment when they called your right name. Now, the moment when they call your name. He said my name wrong, but. <laughs> what did Joss he say? Big man. <laughs> Mate, you were big. Yeah, yeah, I was big. I'll take it. Maybe he just got distracted by the size. No. Um, I heard Bridgman. I don't know. I didn't hear nothing that yeah. time. And I just, you know, you drop to the knees and. Actually, I, you know, it was it was it was a real sweet moment, bittersweet. No one was there apart from my girlfriend because we took everyone out to the Portugal show, which was a week before. I didn't quite get it, and it was just it was, it was so so gutted that they everyone couldn't see it. But to do that moment with the person that had been so hard with, for the person who'd been there every day you mm. live with, and and made whole, it more but, special. Yeah, it made it so much more special. But the whole crowd was cheering, of course. But the only scream you can hear—I don't know what that thing is in your brain that lets you do that. You tune was into just it. Her. That's all I could hear. Just, Whoa! And I could just boom. I could hear it, and I could just—I was there on the floor in tears, and all I could hear was her. And I was like, "That's just a beautiful moment." And it was like, it's like my brain just made this moment even more perfect for me. And it was 11 p.m. Yeah. I was washed out. I was dehydrated. I was tired. And all of it went away. And I just lived in that moment. And it was just the moment, the best moment of my life to date, for sure. I feel like I'm going to cry now as well, because I just relate to that so much. But um, thank you for sharing that. And I think, like you said, it makes all those hard times worth it. I know everyone says it. And there's probably people listening now that followed your journey, followed my journey, and they're going after similar things. And they think, oh, when is it going to come? And it's like everything in your life leads you to exactly <coughs> where you need to be. Exactly. And I truly believe that. And I don't know if you're philosophical or not, but like you even being here in Dubai right now, everything you've done up to this point has led you to this moment. Everything you did up in that prep, the previous prep led you to earn your pro card. And so... Now we're on a new journey. Tell us about yes. being pro and how that differed. That's a different journey altogether. Like once you're pro, you're like small fish in a big pond. I know. It's back to square one. It's back <laughs> down the ladder, back at the bottom of the mountain. And uh, fortunately, that's where I love to be. You know, like, yeah, that moment's sweet. Yeah, it's the best moment. But that moment isn't as sweet with all that, without all that mm. climb before and that little suffering, right? So for it to feel as good, and that moment I'm sure comes when I win my pro show or qualify for the Olympia, it's not going to be as sweet if I don't have to work for it again. Mm -hmm. If I don't have to, you know, eat, eat shit again, go down and crawl through the mud again. So, and now yeah. we're moving into new territory as well, obviously. So yeah, yeah, I, I gave it a go. And you know what, this this classic journey, I'll be going classic physique this uh, next time, but this classic journey has always been in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. Just never, never close enough that I could see it because it's just, they big guys, you know, and it's a lot of work and it's a lot more years down the line of muscle gain. And, uh, you know, did that, did that pro, that pro season, uh, I'd say not last year, but the year before and... It was a really, it was, it was a relatively good first season. You know, I had first call outs at Tampa, first call outs at Texas, first call outs mm -hmm. at, in in England as well. But I, uh, I'm a realist, and I could see that I just don't have it in men's physique. You know, 
for whatever reason, and anyone who's versed in men's physique versus classic, like you take any of those top 10 men's physique guys, you tell them to do a front double bicep, like they probably sink away and look, don't look too good. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I came alive when I did that, mm -hmm. you know, and when I was hitting those front poses, yeah, I was a good men's physique guy, but it just, the calling was the, was the classic. So I said to myself, I'll give it one more go. I actually just did a one show last year. And I stood on stage, I looked at the two guys who, who beat me, and I said, those guys are not good enough to get anywhere in the Olympia. No disrespect to them. And they didn't. They mm. came third, fourth, fifth call-outs. I would have been less, mm. you know? So I didn't want to kill myself and chase a dream that I knew probably not possible. Um, so I called it there, and I said, right, this is, this is my calling to go to the next level. So I've taken this year off, yep. going back to the year off, like we talked about back at the beginning, but taking a year off to really put some some real muscle tissue down and then we're going to give the classic a run. And you get to train legs like full send. Which... Actually, I trained it the same because my legs are always big. So they were. Kind of I was going to say, were they not already bursting in the shorts? And now with the criteria where the shorts got to be like a little yeah, bit short, yeah, yeah. like, come on, mate. No. <laughs> They'd be tight on you now. Yeah, Let's would. be real. They would. So that's really exciting. And so with this kind of year off and obviously making the decision now to really push some serious muscle, you've also been pushing your businesses yes. as well. Tell us about one of our... Yeah, so one of my... Where did that even start? Like, So it started off as uh, my actual coaching company before. It was called JBF Brigade, the Josh Bridgman Fitness. And then I knew I needed a word to congregate everyone. Mm -hmm. So I said, everyone who's in the team is part of the brigade. Uh, that's kind of what the thing was at the time. Uh, and I used to have these hoodies where I'd do uh, Q&As every day and I'd call it expenditure gang. And we'd walk around, we'd do expenditure, get together, like walking as an expenditure, expending energy. Are you serious? That's literally where it started. <laughs> and I bought bought 50 hoodies, no way. sold 50 hoodies. And I thought, oh, I'll restock these. Did 100 hoodies, sold 100 hoodies. Um, and then I just kind of thought, what did CG do? He, what, what did that guy do? How did he become the head of Alpha Lee. Well, he was CG Fitness first. Mm -hmm. Why did he change the Alpha Lee? He changed the Alpha Lee because it's not attached to his name. Yeah. Right? If you if you, if you attach it to your name... It's not a brand, is it? Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not a brand. It, it, it's, it's, it's stuck to you. It's, it's attached to you. It, you know, where you go, it goes. But if you can cut that tie, it can float even further than you can. You know, that's why, you know, companies like Alpha Lee have athletes who are bigger than CG under mm -hmm. it. And that's why the Alpha Lee is maybe more known than he is at the moment. So I kind of caught on to that maybe five years ago. And then I uh, was trying to think of a name and actually one more rep, right? While cliche in bodybuilding, come on, one more rep, bro. Mm. Actually what my friend used to say to me during our uh, dark times at university, when things were very difficult, when he didn't, he didn't bodybuild, he just understood bodybuilding. When things were very difficult, when I had anxiety, when, I struggled with, uh, you know, I had a lot of social anxiety. He's like, come on, bro, it's just like taking another rep. It's just like one more rep. And we used to say that mantra together. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I coined it, one MR, one more rep. And uh, obviously it fit perfectly with bodybuilding, but also like it is a lifestyle and it is a mentality. Yeah, You can apply one more rep to everything. You can always do There's one more. There's always one more and whatever it is, it doesn't have to be bodybuilding. It can be business, it can be families, it can be relationships. So I kind of uh, felt that to the core. We coined that and uh, changed all the logo and stuff, got the logo made and it was super, super simple branding. Um, it hasn't changed in that time, has nope. it? It's been the same, yeah. It's been the same. Mm -hmm. Just eight of my, I was going to say the font, basically, just 
even their bold font, super simple one of my dot. Yeah. And uh, and then kind of how it manifested into where it is today. It started with the accessories, wasn't it? Yeah. You getting really annoyed with shit accessories in the gym. So literally. Yeah, I could kind of like <laughs> I could kind of give like Cow and the Muscle Mentors a shout yeah. out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't do it. Cow, if you're watching, you should have done this because <laughs> I'm doing it. Uh, but he would prescribe reverse banding yeah. and cuffs. And when that wave started kicking off, mm-hmm. uh, what's reverse banding? What's cuffs? I don't know. So I was like, can I D handles, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go mm-hmm. buy some cuffs. Oh, well, these are giving me fucking burn every day. How is anyone bigger than me getting these arms on? Because they're tough on me. I don't get that. I don't understand that. Well, how do I reduce that? All right, let's get some... Has anyone got any softer ones? Soft cuffs. Uh, comes up with a manufacturer. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Neoprene. Okay, that's better. Let me get some. Let me get some over. So I got some, tried to use them. I thought, these are way too small. Can you make them bigger? Can you make them wider? Can you make them longer? Yeah, we can do all that. All right. Well, can I have 20 of them? Yeah, sure. Can Did, you put this uh, logo on it? Yeah. Can you put, yeah, seriously. Can you put this logo on them? Can you make it, can you make it blacked out? Yeah, no problem. So bought 20 of them, sold 20 of them. I thought, oh, well, people are onto this. We've got a, more than like 50 messages. Maybe I'll buy like 200 of them. Bought 200 of them, sold 200 of them. And uh, that was where, again, I've said this a few times, where the penny dropped. And I realized that we've all been buying accessories from non-bodybuilding brands, mm-hmm. Amazon, and just putting these packages together. We're buying climbing ropes from climbing places for daisy chains. Mm-hmm. Why has no one made them? Uh, we're buying D-handles from this company and carabiners from a climbing company. We're putting them all together to make, you know, reverse bands. Why has no one done all of that? So yeah. that's kind of where that dropped. And we slowly but surely as uh, the revenue grew and the profit grew. And the and, demand grew. And the demand grew. I managed to, you know, buy these now, let's buy these now. Mm-hmm. I actually started the whole company with investing a thousand pounds for my coaching business.
Like a pyramid. Bodybuilding's number one. Yeah. That gets done first. So meal timings are there. Uh, training time is there. And then I just fill in the gaps with with what needs to be done. Most importantly, clients need to become need to come first as well. Yeah. Um, I've got to look at the the business as while Wanamar could do triple the revenue doesn't necessarily triple the revenue of my coaching doesn't necessarily mean it's triple the profit no right so when you lean into online coaching guys who who know about online coaching one client is 100% profit Mm -hmm. you know like what are you gonna buy a laptop a microphone like you run out of things to buy after Mm -hmm. five clients so that takes my priority also it's people you're dealing with one-to-one like so it's their lives their goals their aspirations so that leads leads my uh, priority so check-ins talking to those guys um, once that's done, um, I can focus on Wanamar. I've built Wanamar now, fortunately, to a team that I have people that run my whole customer service team, so I don't need to be on the Instagram all day. I don't need to reply to returns. I have my email marketing guys, so I don't need to do anything with, with emails. Mm-hmm. Um, Loki, who's in the corner over there, does all of the filming and also now the graphic work yeah. for Wanamar, so I don't need to focus on that. I can Excellent. just give guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner at the moment is helping me with things like sales, things like pricing, things like stock control. So it's kind of like I could and have done before, stepped away yeah. from Wanamar and it just runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't like that at the beginning, but I quickly found out that juggling too many balls, one gets dropped and mm. when you drop one, you drop another one. And then when you've dropped a few, everyone can see it. Yeah. Everyone can see it. Especially when you're such a public figure. And also when you're going through something like a prep, if those systems are not in place and you're on prep and you've got prep brain and you're hungry yeah. and you're tired and doing these things, things drop very, very quickly. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it's you've got to prioritize like a pyramid. It's like if your systems and routines are in place for your bodybuilding, your meals and your or your own training, then it's like you said, clients next. And if someone else is supporting or you have a team of people supporting one MR, then yeah. that's going to run seamlessly because ultimately you're going after another mega goal. So like you have to have everything running like clockwork. Exactly. So that was a big part of the end of last year, the first first four or five months of this year was just putting systems in place and it was a lot of consolidation honestly like actually you know last year we probably did more revenue than this year but i had to consolidate i Mm. had to or i was going to lose all of it yeah you know it was too much to run on myself i was missing buy dates i was over buying i was like i said i I missed the arnold classic like things like that it's not it's not a hundred pound mistake that's a ten thousand pound mistake like it's and then you start doing those mistakes and your business is gone when you pay tax after that so you know i had to do it so we spent four or five months at the beginning of the year consolidating putting the team in place hiring the right people and now we can breathe and now we can flourish and would you say that you're more passionate about one mr or coaching oh god it's so difficult they're very different they're very very different Fortunately, they can run side by side. I can limit my coaching clients. There's something about the satisfaction that you get from changing someone's life. It's like irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable. Um, While it is insane to be in Dubai where I don't live or I've just moved to look up from a set and see someone with my straps on. I saw that on your story I can believe it. And he's from Australia. He was here for like a week. So they're all, all the way over there. Uh, that feeling is unbelievable because it kind of has people as part of it. Um, but the satisfaction of coaching is is very, very like fulfilling. It fills my, fills my cup quite a lot. Mm. Um, I just know that 
the Wanamar side of things that that goes hand in hand with the social media, I'd be a fool not to to capitalize on it as well. Yeah. And the thing is with your clients, you know how much it means to them because it means so much to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So if you were to look back on your journey, even though it's only been what, 10 years since you properly started your, just 10, 30? Yeah, just 10, 30. 31 this year. 31 this year. What would you say are some of the biggest kind of mindset shift moments you've kind of touched on some of them but the ones that were like this was a real turning point in my life what were some of the big ones for you um there's something to be said for like pretty cliche but believing in yourself while no one else does right having goals that scare the people around you that type of thing and having kind of unwavered Self-belief. Self-belief, confidence. Well, like, nothing uh, Im- Im- impossible, of course, but, like, shooting for the, you know, shooting for the stars, aim for the, uh, hit the moon type of thing, right? Throw that ball as far as you can get it, and I bet you it goes further than if you just, you know, just kind of, like, threw it like that. So there's something to be said for the belief, because I've been up and down in, in, in self-belief, and... One thing that Cal always used to say to me when I was questioning whether I could do this and had those times when I failed that first pro card run was no one who has ever achieved anything hasn't faced self-doubt. No one at the top has ever not faced it. So it was normal to face it. It's just what you do in those moments. And that kind of rung true very, very much in those those deeper, harder moments of what are you going to do then? What are you going to do? Are you going to lean into it or are you going to give up? And I think that's where the... Uh, the lesson that, that, that discipline teaches you in bodybuilding that you have to do it you it's not a it's not a how it's a just do it like you just do it mm-hmm. and, and and not everyone that you could pick up off the street could go and do these bodybuilding preps and be relentless you're just relentless you just do not stop so yeah that's it that's what it says there i love it relentless so being able to be relentless um but believe in yourself just the was the was the biggest thing that that belief was was the hardest thing to overcome because not everyone believed in me when i started trying to convince trying to trying to convince a a, a, i guess our generation's parents who don't understand social media at the best of times that you're going to go stand on a stage and pants and bronzed Mm -hmm. up and you're going to make a living and eventually end up paying them money and keeping them afloat and doing this and that yeah it's one of the hardest things to ever do uh because in most cases, they're like, well, when are you going to give this up then? Yeah. Oh, when's this hobby finished? Exactly. So, they don't realize you can actually make a living out of yeah. doing this. So until my mum, bless her, always believed in me, but you're trying to convince my dad on that side until the, the money started to happen a little bit. Like having the unwavered confidence um, or just know that you can do it was um, one of the biggest things. And one of the things that I'll, I'll, so I don't talk too much on this, on this point is um, delegation is not failing delegating what you cannot do is getting somewhere quicker yeah right i used to edit everything i used to you know film every single aspect of my life now unfortunately i have loki here to do it for me because it offers me up so much more time takes off the stress takes off the pressure and i can focus on being number one the best body but i possibly can be and then the business side of things that i can focus on i can lean on my strengths ones that come naturally to me ones that i've learned ones that i know and the things that I don't know and need to learn or find hard to learn, it could be a waste of time, you know? So delegation is never failing. Handing over the reins of something is not. Letting go 
It's giving you more time to it's focus on you, the other things that you can do. And it's even only going to help the whole thing as a whole. Mm. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think that's a really good message to end on. But I have one last question. If you would like to be remembered for something, what would it be? What would you like people to know you for, Josh? I would say... I know what you're going to say. I feel like I know what you're going to you? say. I don't because it hasn't that. happened yet. I was, I was going to say I was the guy who did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was literally asking got to got to the Olympia. I was the guy who did it. I was the guy who said it from day one. I believed it from day one. And he believed until he did it. And we're going to end on that because I think I'm going to play this clip back when it happens and I'm going to send it to you and be like, you fucking did it. Because <laughs> I believe in you too and I think you will. Someone that's Thank that you. determined and that relentless, there's no way you can't. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you. so happy you could make this podcast and I'm sure this will be the first of many because you, you now live here. So we'll probably have you back on when you're back into prep mode. But how long until you start prep? What's the goal? Uh, How long in this off-season? I'm going to say May, May-ish. I'll okay. start prep. Okay. I'll get you back on when you're like six weeks out. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all of the good things. Drop a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to the audio version, please share this on your story and tag me and Josh. See you in the next one.